we just thank you, Lord, right now for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> for the great teacher. We just invite you into the room right now. And we thank you, Father, you, you teach us and uh, reveal to us your scripture and the spirit behind it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So yesterday, we're going to kind of cap on it a little bit. <clears throat> we were talking about, I really think the, the title of this series is really more uh, about unity, you know? And, uh, you know, walking in unity or something like that, you know. Uh, I'm not really big on the title, I'm really big on the message, so. Walking in unity, you know, we're talking about keys to walking in unity. And yesterday, you know, we talked about a few things. Um, first of all, we talked about Peter and how he came and he said, uh, well, Jesus comes, right, on the boat, and he says, put your net over, right? Mm -hmm. On the right side. And Peter says, <clears throat> we've been finishing, we've been fishing all night. <laughs> in other words, I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> in other words, this is how the way I've always done it. Hey, well, you know, you know me, Zach. This, this is just me. This is the way I am. Fishing all night with no fruit. Nothing to show for it. Mm. Okay? And then, and then he said, put your net. No, he said, but you know, because you said so, I'll submit. So it took submission. And that submission was to a word that didn't make sense to him. Okay? It was to something that was foreign. It was a foreign concept. Something he wasn't used to. Something that violated his reasoning. So he had to submit to a word that went completely contra contrary con and contradictory to what he believed, to what he thought was already working. He was already trying his way. Well, I've been doing it like this this whole time. And then he finally had to submit to a word that just didn't make any sense to him at all. And the, the, the trouble wasn't even necessarily the word. The trouble was who it was coming from, you know? The fact that he's now getting the word from Jesus, you know? It's not just the word, it's not just the advice, not just the advice he submitted to. It's the person he submitted to. It's a good word. Because, how many of you know when God was in the beginning of the world, you know, when it was all dark and everything was empty and formless and there was nothing there, it was just completely darkness, right? And God said, let there be light. You know, anybody who was standing next to him at that moment, which there was nobody, but just, let's just say you were standing next to God at that moment, right? Let's just say you were there at the beginning with God, right? And he said, let there be light. Your first thought would be, what, are you an idiot? <laughs> right? No. I mean, that's what you would be. I mean, anybody, in, I would. I mean, if I'm standing next to God and I don't know any better. Shame. You see, see, we take it for granted because we already know the end of the story, right? <laughs> that helps out. <laughs> we already know when he said, let there be light, then there was light. But before, yes. imagine yourself in all your experience, which is just darkness. Someone saying, let there be light. 
would be a foreign concept to you. Amen. It would not be normal. It would be abnormal. You know, darkness was normal. Light is abnormal. You know, all you ever knew was darkness, and now he's saying to you, light. And it's not the light that changes it. It's not the word itself, necessarily. It's who said it, which was God. God is the creator. And because he said, let there be light, then there, it had no choice. It had to be light. You know? So it's in the same situation for us, you know? We, it's a person we're submitted to. It's a being. It's the creator. It's Jesus, the Lord. We're submitting to a person. It's not even the fact... Look, if anyone else had come up to Peter and said, put your nets on the right-hand side, he would have had complete just cause to say, you're an idiot. <laughs> I've been fishing all night long. Right? Mm -hmm. But because Jesus said, put your nets on the right-hand side, that changed everything. Just like when Jesus <coughs> was walking on the water. Right? Jesus said, that's you. Call me out on the water, right? And he said, come. Right? If anyone else had told Peter, come out on the water, probably wouldn't work out. <laughs> but it was the word from the person, Jesus, that makes all the difference. Okay? Why? There's authority behind that word. What makes Jesus so special is authority. He says, all authority in all the heavens and the earth has been given to me. Right? It's the, the Christ. It's the anointed. We don't just go to anybody for our advice. We go to someone who's anointed. We go to someone who has authority. You see what I'm saying? Now, I'm, I'm not saying Jesus, obviously Jesus is the, is the head honcho here, you know what I mean? But there's also authorities in our life as well. You know, there's been things even in this ministry that, you know, someone else in the ministry come up with the idea, come up with an idea, you know, and it didn't work out. And then, well, but if I put my stamp of approval on it, all of a sudden it works out. Because of authority. There's a spiritual concept, there's a spiritual thing that happens. Where if the if the one in authority is establishing it, it makes it blessed. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe that. It sounds a little arrogant, but it's not really. It's just a matter of we got the way that God designed it. Okay? Makes sense? There's things that I've said, well, this is what we're gonna do, and it works out. It every time it works out. But then if we don't do it or there's division, does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Change. It will, it will, uh, it'll, what do you call it? Sabotage. I'm not saying I'm perfect. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that there's some spiritual, there's a spiritual implication that, that's behind it a lot of times. Things will just flat out work out. Only simply because I'm submitting to authority as well. Does that make sense? Well, submit. That makes sense. Everybody thinks, well, oh, you're the head of the ministry. You know, you don't have to. That's not true. I have to submit to Jesus. And if I'm not submitting to Jesus, it don't work out for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for real. It don't work out for me. And a lot of submission doesn't have to do with just listening, it has to do with obedience. Bless you, buddy. It has to do with obedience. 
You know the word listen. Hey, listen. Are you listening? Hey, did you, are you listening to me? It's not are you hearing me. You have you ever heard your parents ever say, you just didn't listen to me. Right. We're not talking about you hearing. Well, the first response is, is, I heard every word you said. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just listening. It's not just hearing. It's hearing and doing. I comprehend. That's what Deeds. listening means. Huh? Deeds. Yes. Are you hear? It's, I love what Francis Chan says. He says, the greatest, you know, the great commission, go make disciples of all nations, right? So we have it memorized. The great commission, go make disciples of all nations, right? Right? So he said, what we do is we all have Bible studies over this great commission. We talk about it. Nobody does, nobody does it. He said, that's equivalent to me to telling my daughter. I told my daughter, go clean her room. And she can't come back to me five minutes later and say, hey, I memorized what you said. <laughs> you said go clean your room. You know? That doesn't make any sense. It's not about, oh, in fact, we're going to have a Bible study every week and study about, you know, hey, what would it look like if we actually cleaned our room? Hmm. Instead of actually doing it. You know? I never tell her like that. Hmm? I don't think it's about telling somebody to do something and not making sure they follow through it. Yeah. Jesus said, Jesus was walking once with all his people. He turns around. <laughs> turns around and says, Why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I tell you to do? Mm. Most definitely. There's, it's not about um, just sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening all the time. It's so why do we why do we sit at the feet of Jesus? Gain knowledge. Gain knowledge, but knowledge without action is not powerful at all. Even though people say knowledge is power. Knowledge, knowledge without, without application, application is not powerful. Alex spoke that last night. Yeah. Uh, and CR that was his main thing. I've got plenty of I got plenty of knowledge but without application it means nothing. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. You know, <clears throat> when when we when we sit at the feet of Jesus, that's intimate time. Okay, we are being intimate with our Creator. Well, in any good marriage, intimacy will eventually create conception. Mm -hmm. Okay, you see what I'm saying? I'm just saying that's the natural process. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's the natural process. Okay. So, when we are intimate with our God. Things get birthed inside of us, mm -hmm. you see, and then we have to see those things come to fruition. We have to follow them through. Does that make sense? We have to tend to the to that, and make sure that it is healthy. Make sure that whenever it is birthed, and it finally is taken care of and nurtured and cultivated and grown. That's like you like you sitting like I said, you're sitting with your wife and discussing things, and y'all figuring a game plan out, and y'all. Going through the game plan, it's like God. You listen to God; He gives you a game plan. You need to follow through with that game plan. That's right. That's right. You know, I asked the Lord the other day. You know, what am I doing? What I'm supposed to be doing? And He just said, "Go back to the previous word I told you," because I'm not hearing anything new right now. I'm like, "Okay, God, I need that." Well, what did I tell you? So He told me, "Are you building the barracks? Are you making? Are you discipling someone one on one? Are you maintaining your online media?" Are you writing the discipleship book? Are you preaching one to two times a week? Are you developing my leadership? 
And do you see any fruit? So, if I look at those things, and I'm not doing those things, I'm not in the will of God. I know that because that's those are the time, those are the things that were birthed in my intimacy with Him. You see, make sense? Yep. So if I go back to these and I say, "Oh man, I'm doing this over here, and it's taken away from this," you know what? That probably needs to get be gotten rid of. Or hey, you know what? This actually helped this, and I didn't realize it would help. I'll do some time over here, take away some time away from there. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Brian, you know, even me doing that job, you know, it, it, it took some things away, but it also helped other things. You know, I spent a lot of time over here at the parents. And we've, I've seen some good things out of it. Plus, you also spent guys, some, some good time with some guys that needed some discipleship, too. That's right. You brought some guys we didn't know and needed. Not only did you help them out financially, you helped them out spiritually by talking to them. <clears throat> And so then I have to look down and say, okay, what about my online media? Is it is it being neglected because of that work? You see? I have to look at that and say, am I writing that book that I was supposed to be writing? You know what I mean? So there's different things. If I allow something to overtake, that makes sense. I have to look at my life and say, am I fulfilling the things that God birthed inside my heart? Make sense? So listening. It's not just about hearing. It's about doing. Hearing and doing. Okay? So you see, he submitted to God. He submitted to the word that God gave for him. Even though it was a foreign concept. Hey, go on, to the, on the other side and put your nets over there. God, we've been doing this. This is the way we've always been doing it. Well, obviously, your pride is going to get in the way of you submitting. <laughs> Think about that. Well, this is the way we always did it. Well, I've been fishing all night long. I already know this. So that can keep you... I already know this, you know. <laughs> uh, this can keep you from hearing the fresh word. Does that make sense? Most definitely it can. Well, think? this is the way we've been doing it for 30 years at the church, you know? What were you going to say? I was going to say, if you, think you, if you think you know it, you're not going to listen to it. You might listen. You're going to listen, but you're not going to hear. Right. Because, oh, I already know... I, like I said, I know this already, so well, I'm gonna listen to it. But it don't, it don't, it it, it, pertain, it pertains to Gilbert, it pertains to Alan, it pertains to Art. It don't pertain to me, cause I already know this. Mm -hmm. So you, shut it it's down. important. It's important to to not say, well, to never do something for the sake of, well, this is just the way we've been doing it. Never do something for the sake of tradition tradition or this is the way we've always done it. Even in this ministry I constantly have to be praying and saying, God, something's not working right now. We need to pray about some changes. Why? I mean, we've been doing it like this for two years, but it's not working. I need to change something. God, where do I put my nets? Where do I put my nets? I've been doing it like this for two years. I'm not seeing growth. I'm not seeing the results I'm wanting. Yesterday I was teaching about the, about the why people change churches sometimes. Well, you change the church because I'm not getting fed anymore. Well, what are you going to do that? A baby, a baby Christian the rest of your life? Keep getting nursed by the pastor? When are you going to start getting your own food? That's what. When are you going to start giving back? That's what Pastor Sheriff talked about in my CD yesterday about if you're if you're changing churches to churches to churches, you're just you're wanting to be a kid the whole like you said you want to be a kid the rest of your life you don't want to be adult a grown. When someone says, "Man, I'm just not getting anything out of the pastor's sermon anymore." I just look at them and say, well, it's just because you're not hungry. Because the scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be joy. Ephesians chapter 6. 
So that was a good little recap to get us back in. That was a recap? No, we're gonna be here for a recap. We're gonna be here for a minute. <laughs> yeah, the continuance from yesterday. It's gonna be Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. Verse ten. And uh, Ephesians chapter six. <clears throat> Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. Listen. Listen, if we understood how powerful we were as individuals, we'd understand that the devil isn't. Okay, listen. Let me just start over. Superpowers in the world have what kind of weapons? This true power. Two power. Physical. Weapons of mass destruction, right? Yes. Don't look at me. What was that? We're not worried. We're not being lied. So I'm not looking at you. Listen, this is the one. Everyone's worried about. You know what? The atom bomb. You know, nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons, right? It's because the 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 people in power understand that they have this one thing that's that's dominating. You know what I mean? Make sense? Um, if you can control this, then you can control the world. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So there's a weapon that's even more powerful than the bomb here, <laughs> and that's people. Mm -hmm. I've, I've used this illustration before. Anything, you know, that, that, that has great potential for good also has great potential for evil. Oh, yes. Look at electricity, for instance. All depending on your experience with electricity, you might say, oh, I love electricity. It gives me lights and gives me heat. It gives me, you know. But if you get shocked all the time by electricity, you might say, I hate electricity. Right? Mm -hmm. um, in fact, you might even like the benefits of electricity, but you might not want to work with electricity. That's why a lot of people want to uh, be pastors, but then when they get bit by people, they don't want to be a pastor no more. Amen. Right? <laughs> you always gotta take the bitter. Right? With, you always gotta take the bitter with the sweet. Everyone likes the benefit of the people of the God, but nobody wants to deal with the people of God. Because it bite, it shocks you. Uh -huh. If you don't know how to handle it properly, like a snake, which yeah. is pretty and cool until it bites you. Yeah. There's a skill though, and there's laws you can learn how to deal with people. And everyone's called, we're not all called to be those immature people. We're called to work with people, you know, to a certain level. Um, same thing with fire. If your house got burned down, you might hate fire. But if you use it for a fireplace to keep you warm, you might like fire. See what I'm saying? These two things are a good illustration of how a powerful thing can be used for good and evil. Okay? Same thing with people. People are powerful. Mm -hmm. Can be used for good or for evil. So, if the devil wants to control the world and he wants to have the trump card, this myth, this weapon of mass destruction, what he'll do is he will control people. You see, so a lot of times we say, "Well, there's spiritual warfare." When people say spiritual warfare, what are they talking about? A lot of times they're talking, oh, spiritual warfare, someone got sick, something like that. And don't get me wrong, that, that's the work of the devil too. But the real work of the devil is sin. The scripture talks about sin. 
this. First John chapter three. I think. Double check. Check this out. This is spiritual warfare. Here we go. So this one's gonna be subtitled Unity and the True Spiritual Warfare. So uh, Jesus came, uh, this was the purpose of Jesus to come and destroy the works of the devil. It is 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. Uh, ten. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Look, how many times will you use that scripture to talk about sickness, right? You know, the works of the devil is sickness, so Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil so we can overcome sickness. Well, I believe that. But this passage in context is not talking about sickness. It's talking about sin. To destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning. Because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God, who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. First go first John chapter two, verse twenty two. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has has the Father, whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Verse twenty four. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, and you too will abide in the Son. <clears throat> so it has to do with the Word. Going back to the Word. The Word of Christ. If you let the Word of Christ abide in you, it will change you. You'll abide in Him. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Okay? So we come to teachers. Why do we come? First of all, you know, I had somebody come. One time I had a guy in the barracks um, depart from us. And here's how he departed. He came up He came up to the board and he wrote in, magic, and wrote in the little marker here, 1 John chapter 2, verse uh, 27. And you have no need of anyone to teach you. And then he walked out. <laughs> it was so contradictory to that. Damn. You know what's you know what's even worse about that passage? Mm -hmm. So taken out, so twisted the way he did that, right? He thought, well, I don't need a teacher anymore. I'm gonna leave. So he wrote he wrote on the board, "You have no need of anyone to teach you," and he left. Right. Is that it was like that he was the teacher? Right. So he became prideful and unhumble, right? Not willing to learn, not willing to teach. Okay, so check this out. He said that. The What is bizarre about this is that if that was true in the way he took it, why are you reading First John? The Apostle John is a teacher, and you learn that from him. You see? It's not about... What he's saying here is not saying you don't need teachers. He's saying, I don't need to tell you this again. You should already know this. That's what he's trying to say. Yeah. Why? Because if the Holy Spirit lives in you, it's going to bear witness. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. He's saying, look, you already know. Look how many times I've gone to my daughter. She's done something wrong. I looked at her and said, you knew that was wrong before you did it, didn't you? She goes, yes. 
Right, because the Holy Spirit's teaching her. The true teaching comes from the Holy Spirit. I'm just a mouthpiece. You see what I'm saying? In fact, I can teach you all day long. You're not getting nothing if you're not connected to the Holy Spirit. You're interceder. The teacher is the Holy Spirit using a man's mouth, using a book called the Bible. But the teacher is the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? This is why, again, I mean, when people leave the church because of a lack of understanding of it, oh, well, I'm just not getting fed at that church. Stop it. Stop it. You're not hungry for the Word of God. That's why you left that church. Because you're going to go to the next church and you're going to have the same problem. And then you're going to go to the next church and have the same problem. You're going to go to the next church and have the same problem. Churches are built off leaders. Check this out. I, I kind of, uh, uh, this morning I was writing a post and I kind of expounded on some of this idea. When, when a person gets to that level in their mind where, man, I'm just not getting fed anymore. So I got to go to a different church. Well, first of all, there's a reason. You're now getting to the point where you're actually getting to the point where now you need to start teaching. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're at the point where now you're not really receiving very well, um, there's two things that happen. Number one, you're not humble. Because if you were humble, you'd hear. And if you were hungering and thirsting for righteousness, you would get it. But people who are hungry, they dig, they, dig, they dig in dumpsters. People who are really hungry, they dig in dumpsters. They don't have to have, you know, uh, china out on the table with nice silverware and a home-cooked meal. If you're hungry, mm. you go get your food, yes, sir. no matter where it comes from, even if it's in a dumpster. Mm. We have to stop blaming. We have to stop blaming the presentation. And look for, the for our lack of nourishment. We have to get hungry to the point where we go deeper. And why are you at a church anyway? You're not at a church to get fed. If you're immature, yes. But if you're at a church, the real reason why you're at the church is to build that church. The real reason you're at the church is to be a part of the body. You know? Which means you built... Churches can't be built without leaders. So if you get to the point where you're like, I'm not getting fed anymore, maybe that you are actually an upcoming leader. If your cup's too full, it's time to to to, to pour it out in somebody else's cup. If you are an upcoming leader, here's what happens: you get to the point where you're like, man, I've heard this before. I remember the first time I I thought that I was sitting in the church, like, man, I've already heard this before. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I said, God, how come I'm hearing this again? And the Holy Spirit said, because you didn't get it the first time. You get it the first time. You need to hear more, you know. So that that attitude changed my perception, and it got me to be able to hear better. So the next time I heard a message again, I was listening deeper. You see what I'm saying? What 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 did it stir inside of me though? You didn't get all of it, Zach. You didn't get it all. So what does that stir up inside of me? Hunger. So when he starts preaching again, even though it's the same message, I'm listening. Okay, God, you're my teacher. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher, not this man. This man is just a mouthpiece. He's opening up the scripture. Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me. What, I've been. A, I have been to some dry teachings before. I've gone to some some pastors. I'm thinking, why is this guy even a preacher? Oh, how dare you! I mean, from all the, I'm, I'm not that mean. I would never say that to anybody. My point is, I'm looking at a person. I sit there and listen to the guy. I'm thinking, man, this guy is not a very good teacher. But I still got something out of it because it had nothing to do with him. It has to do with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not the guys listen. 
Yes, and people who are hungry, they come and they listen and they get something out of it. <clears throat> All you have to do is be hungry and you'll get it from anyone. I can get it from, listen, there comes a point where you start getting it from your students. Don't look at me like it, If you're hungry, if you're hungry, eventually you become a teacher and your teachers aren't even giving you what you need, but you're getting it from your students because you're hungry. You see what I'm saying? Anyway. What the church is lacking is not good teaching. It's good leadership. The, 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 the church is not lacking a good teacher. The church is lacking vision. The church is lacking... Uh, well, what I mean by this is a lot of times these upcoming leaders, right, they'll say, well, I'm not getting fed anymore. Right? So they go to another church to get fed. That's not what they're really looking for. What they're really looking for is vision. What they're really looking for is purpose. Maybe what they're misunderstanding is that they're not being fed, not the Word of God. They're getting fed the Word of God. But they're not getting fed as vision. Mm. We're not getting fed as purpose. You know. If it's all about what you're getting, then you become selfish. Then you're not really, really worthy of being a leader. Does that make sense? Well, what about, if it parts it is all about you, because you're trying to get... Oh, well, then you're still you're still uh, that babe in Christ still. I'm saying you're still trying to. I'm saying when you get to the point where you've okay. heard it all. Oh. Okay, I got what you're saying. I haven't heard it all. I've just heard most of it. And you say in your mind, I've heard it all. Yeah, heard it all, know it all. Then there's you have a road. Your road is now split. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> but when you get to that point, you're like, man, I've heard it all. What you're saying is, I've come to the end of the road. But it's not the end of the road. There's a split in your road now. You're either going to go down the way of saying, no one else can really help me anymore, and or I need to go find another church where they can feed me, and so I can stay a perpetual baby. Or you say, you know what, maybe I need to start taking up some responsibility. Amen. And, you know, maybe there's some deeper understanding that start I don't being, have. Start being a man. I need to start gaining more deeper understanding. I need the Holy Spirit to show me. See, at that point now... You're not depending on that person to spoon-feed you. You're digging a little deeper now. Which means that you're going to get your own food. Right. Which That is what makes you mature. You also take the food you get and give it to somebody else. So, there is a point when the, when the road gets split. Yes, that's good. When, you, when the road gets split and you're at that point where you're like, you know, I've got it. Well, again... When you're at that split in the road, you have to make a decision to be humble and know that you don't know everything Amen. and that you need the Holy Spirit to give you deeper revelation, which causes you to dig deeper. That's a sign of maturity. A sign of maturity isn't saying, I know it all. The Bible says, a wise man loves correction. Just read that this morning. Wise man loves correction. This means a wise man knows I don't know everything. So check out. Listen, a wise man doesn't know everything. A wise man knows he doesn't know everything. That's what makes him wise. See, he loves correction. So he's sitting up there, at the split of his crossroads here, and says, "I need more." God, teach me more. Holy Spirit, you're my real teacher. That man is just a mouthpiece. 
The ch listen, the church cannot grow any further until people get to that crossroad. If no one is getting to that crossroad, and they have to make the conscious decision in their brain, either I'm going to be prideful and, and be selfish, think I know everything that this guy has to offer, and I now I just need to go to someone else to nurse on. Again, it's a conscious decision. It's very weird. It's a very weird concept to think that you know it all, yet you're submitting back to being a baby. Does that make sense? Isn't that weird? It's kind of a weird concept. And sometimes guys don't want to go to somebody and ask advice, or not ask advice, or just vent, or just talk. If they say they know it, if you know, the first thing that comes out their mouth is, I already know. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk. Because it's, 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 kind of like, it's kind of like a shutdown. It does shut it down. It You're shuts like, down the well, flow. Okay, well, then I'll just go to somebody else that, that'll listen to me. Because I'm, I'm not here to be corrected. I'm not here to, for you to know it. I'm just asking for you uh, uh, a godly ear. You're my yes. godly ear right now, so you just shut me down. So I'm going to go over here to somebody else. Higher as I you know, in your heart, if you become callous. I read about that yesterday. If you become callous in your heart, and you all of a sudden, what is a callous? It's a it's a form of resistance yep. to being roughed up, right? So, if in my heart I go to someone trying to get something, and they start talking, and immediately there's a resistance in my heart towards what they're saying, then I've become callous. I'm callousing myself yeah. towards receiving. You see? You know what happened in the desert for forty years? He's saying they were stiff-necked and stubborn. And oh, yeah, that's very common. Yeah, that's why they didn't get it to the promised land. They mm -hmm. had to wait until the whole generation died out. Uh, uh, uh. But the church, listen, the church cannot grow without leadership, right? Most definitely. A ministry like ours can't grow without leadership. So when someone says, all right, I've already got what I need, I'm gone. But they don't realize that it affects everybody. It affects everything. I've got to stick around, not for myself anymore at that point. I'm sticking around for others. It affects from the top, all, I mean, from the top all the way to the bottom. Here's what the problem is, too. If the ministry, if the, if the lead pastor, the only vision, watch this, this is how this, the churches um, stay small and don't ever grow. I feel like I'm getting this, okay? The lead pastor, if his only vision is to teach the word. If his vision is not to develop leaders, then once people get to the point where they've attained the knowledge, then they'll move on. Mm -hmm. And start their own. Because he doesn't have a vision to develop those leaders. You see? There has to be a point where he says, I'm not just going to teach the word, I'm going to develop leaders. You see? Or develop workers, or develop this, or develop yeah. that. And the church can't be built on one man. No. Has to be built on a team. On a team. Mm -hmm. So these people, they yeah, keep they leaving their churches, Jesus. trying to look for some of us to go to get fed. And the truth is, all they needed was to start teaching. If they had started teaching, and they really started gaining in their heart, man, this is not about me. This is about other people. Jesus taught that. Jesus taught team play because he taught his disciples go out and go out and and, 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 and get other people to teach the word. And if he teaches that, we know it's it's got to work. Thank it's a concept. Do better than yes. And the leader has to start seeing in, the head, the lead pastor has to start seeing in the, the up-and-coming leaders, all right, this is, guys, this is his strength. 
And this is his weakness. And this is where I'm going to put him so that he can flourish, so he can be giving to the body the most. You see? Use his talent yeah. to benefit the ministry. So, so what do you say, like, I've been to churches where they repeat scripture over and over throughout, you know, like say you go to church for six months a year and you notice they, they repeat the same scripture and they're going back to the same thing. They don't, you know, go through the Bible, you know, and pick some other stuff. They always go back to, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? To the okay, same so again, scripture. it's not the teaching that's the problem. Watch this. Right. So what we're, what we're trying to establish right now is that teaching and good teaching is not the problem. Right. All right, people may be leaving, and they may be giving the reason, I'm leaving because I need to go somewhere else to get fed. They might be giving that reason. That's not the real reason that they're leaving. That's the reason that the devil's put in their brain to get them to leave without cause. Okay. The real reason that they're leaving is because of the lack of vision. Okay. If a pastor wants his... If the, okay, look, you know what you know what stirs me on to become better? James. James got up and preached the other day. And I thought, I need to run a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm thinking, golly, this guy's getting some things and I don't want to be obsolete. You see? We'll be right there beside him, not behind him. Right. If I'm going to continue to be in the place of a mentor for James, I must become better every day. You see? So this is what happens. People get comfortable. A lead pastor will get comfortable mm -hmm. where they're back, at. And go back to what they know. Complacent. Instead of opening up and changing. Instead of growing. Instead of challenging themselves. This is something we're learning in our 21-year-old laws of leadership. The law of the lid. The leader, the head leader, has got to have a continue to raise his standard. Okay. And another thing, uh, actually, like what you said about developing the leaders as as part of your vision, that is key in growing a church. Like if 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 uh, your vision is only increasing numbers but not developing leaders, your church will fail. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know. If it's just about teaching, your church will fail. If it's just about having a good worship service, your church will fail. Mm. It has to be pouring into others. Like, and it goes back to the go forth and multiply, making making disciples. Mm -hmm. it is that like that is what grows churches, and you can see that uh, in the early church. Um, mm. It's good. Then people would go and evangelize. Um, before there was even a pastor, before there was any leadership, any apostolic vision at all, it was discipleship. Before there was, before there was any prophetic vision, before there was any uh, uh, pastor to to group everything and organize everything and 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 mm. everything, it was iron sharpening iron. It was it was because there's something I've noticed is that there's not just like like there is the father and sonship aspect to discipleship but then there's like another level too that's a brotherhood discipleship mm -hmm. that is uh not just accountability it is a partnership it is a covenant between brothers mm. that brothers have that says 
I'm going to be the strength when you need it, and you're going to be my strength when I need it. Like like brothers working together mm-hmm. um, as equals. There's like a that's like a like totally another like aspect of discipleship that that happened before a fathership, like a pastorship or an apostleship came into it. You know, um, which is what you know we we see here in the barracks. You know, it's it's what you see in the military. It's what you see. You know, in in those in those aspects, like that's that that's something that has to happen. The 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 uh, camaraderie, the the uh, the unity together, uh, working together, um, just for the sake of building the people around you up. Like that is the purpose and goal of the saints. Um, is uplifting the body, is is encouraging the body, is strengthening the body. That is the whole purpose of the saints. And, and before you ever reach a point where um, the pastorship, the evangelism, the, the, the apostleship is, is valid uh, and, and necessary in it, um, basically, if you don't have good saints, you're not going to have a good church. You know? if, you, if you don't have, uh, uh, even in your own personal life, if you're, if you're not a very, very good saint, you're not going to be a very good pastor. You're not going to be a very good evangelist. Because because you're missing the whole idea of you're missing the whole purpose behind what it is the body is supposed to accomplish, yes. which is growth, which is building the body. You know, all of it is about building the body. You know, yes. it is it is the bride preparing for her husband. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Be sure to hit that like button, share it to your friends, and subscribe to our channel for more content every single week. Also, if you haven't yet, be sure to visit our website at bombzs.com. We got a lot of content there, a lot of things for you that are absolutely free. So be sure to utilize us as much as possible. We hope that you have a great day, and God bless.